Welcome to Free Fall RC yeah. Podcast. Nothing. Uh, sure, I am recording. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it looks like I'm recording too, so here we go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We have Andy. Hey, now. And George. Howdy. Hey. Uh, this is episode 222. What are you saving that for? <laughs> yeah. Cool. I uh, just want to just also mention real quick last week. Sorry, I had to cut out. Some family matter came up, and I had to kind of, I don't know what, you, I didn't even know what you guys said on the show. I haven't got a chance to even listen to it. But I just wanted to apologize to the listeners that to cut out on that episode. Um, kind of in the beginning of it, right? We kind of just got into the main topic and I had to cut out. So no, I think we were mostly through. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think we just told everyone you got mad at me and rage quit. But rage quit. Yeah, I don't know nah, if that's right or not. I'll, I'll I'll make it a little more known <laughs> when I rage quit. Damn you, Andy! <laughs> we actually brought Fred on the show for the end of it because you left. <laughs> that's awesome. We invited him on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you won't have to rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Okay, so let's catch up with everyone's week first. Uh, Who would like to go first? I can go first. All right, Kevin, you never go first. I anymore. will be the first today on episode 222. Uh, dude, yes. I've, I've been off again like ever since we recorded last week. I worked half a day Wednesday, and then I was off Thursday, Friday. I'm off all this week. Mandatory PTO, uh, me and a couple other guys. Kind of sucks, dude, because, I don't know, it kind of sucks. It's kind of good. I'm getting a lot of stuff done around the house, but just this looming cloud of when am I going to get back to work and you know when are things yeah. going to actually start to open up. It's kind of strange. Uh, it just looms over you, and you try to put it out of your mind and do what you can while you got the time, you know? So I've been doing a lot of work uh-huh. uh, on a lot of projects that I've wanted to, you know, obviously get done, but haven't had time. So that's been good. But in the meantime, dude, I took my Oxy 3 out in my driveway. I fixed it from last week when I smashed it on the one side of my house, which is like 3530. I took the Oxy 3 into my driveway on the other side of my house, which is like 50 by 50, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, dude, it got <laughs> sketchy real fast. Like it, you know, oh, three is twitchy as shit, and uh, you know, not in a bad way. It's it's good at when you got some room to, when you got some wiggle room or some margins. But when you're like up against the trees, yeah, it's it's a little rough. I mean, I did a couple of things, and I was like, I think I'm just gonna try hovering. <laughs> I'm gonna try some, you know, hovering practice. So I was doing that, like, you know, upright and inverted, and uh, that was that was pretty crazy. I was like, I gotta land this thing. So I got at least a full battery, and I was just draining some batteries, you know, that I had charged uh-huh. for a while. They had been charged. So that was cool. And then I flew the DJI Phantom uh, around. Dude, I haven't had that thing out of the backpack in over a year easily. Uh, I didn't yeah. even know where, you know, my my cards were, my SD cards or anything like that. But I got to tell you what, dude, and I sent you guys a text. I was amazed at the batteries. Like, I, je- I checked them before I charged them, and they were... You know, 50%. They were like, according to the LEDs, the idiot light LEDs that are on it. So I was like, oh, because okay. they're supposed to be smart batteries, you know, 
if you leave them charged yeah. or whatnot, um, they're supposed to discharge to 50% or something like that. So I charged it up, man, and it was like no problem with the batteries whatsoever. Uh, I got like at least 20, 25 minutes of flight time just flying over my neighbor's house and just nice. going, up, going up as high as I could, you know. Just Mine stops at 400 feet because I have that setting set and just kind of went up, down, just tooling around. That was pretty cool. Up, down, left, and right? Yeah, up, yeah, down, left, right. Didn't have to auto-rotate <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> this quad actually came down pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to fly that thing. I I I like I like the connection you get to the phone. It's really worth it, you know. The the money. I mean, we didn't pay a lot of money for these, but just the the link you get to the phone and the crystal clear image you get is freaking cool, man. And I know mine's a Phantom Three. Like I know they have generations ahead of this now, you know. But it's it's amazing what what you got back then, you know. And it's good enough for me. I, I like flying it once a year, just tooling around or you know getting shots of my brother-in-law's house and stuff like that around christmas time right uh so i took my uh rc truck my traxxas i drove that up and down the street uh, a couple of times and that was freaking doing really well pissing off my neighbor's dog and that was that was funny and uh just i was ripping that thing up and down it was it was, it was a lot of fun just screwing around with that i've been 3d printing like crazy man like absolute it's nice it my printers now are in my garage and i still have a heater on in my garage right now because we've been experiencing some cold mornings cold. up here yeah yeah like 30s in the 30s low 30s in the morning mm-hmm. but my yeah. my garage stays pretty temperate at like 70 degrees maybe 74 i have two little uh temperature gauges and humidity gauges that i bought off of amazon for like eight bucks stuck them on the wall by by each printer printer that i have just to see what just to get an idea of what the temperature was you know and they're relatively the same uh right now about 74 but i've had like superior adhesion uh with these two men in that temperature range like 74 and uh just i'm printing out parts for the rtd2 i printed uh a whole nother frame for another prusa printer uh because oh, i have no, really i have enough parts I think aside from, well, you gave me the one printer that I, I got all the, the NEMA 17. I think I'm missing one because that only had four. Do you want more? Because I need to get rid of, I'm going to just get rid of those other two 3D printers I have. Yeah, I'll take I don't the, need them. I'll take the hardware, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll because, in fact, I still have my MakerBot hardware too. But that one I might keep trying to make a CNC out of that. But yeah, you can take the other two, three printers if you'd like. Um, and sure. Scrap them for parts. I am not going to do anything with them. I don't have the time or the effort in me to do, you know, to build those like you know you do. So, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, because the one, the one I built was was working yeah. was Dude, working it works really great, right? Really well. Yeah. yeah. And then I did have an issue with the the bed because I cut that out of plywood or it wasn't plywood, it was <laughs> yeah, an MDF <laughs> that I kind of cut out so, from yeah, the pattern, you know. And right. That's that's so that that you know that has its tendency to to warp based on the humidity and stuff like that. Well, once I got that metal frame for the bed, dude, that thing's been really really good. And dude, like I said, it the stuff comes out. I can't believe the the way stuff is coming out on on these printers. Uh, it's yeah. just been it's been really good. And you know, interlocking together like they should if they're supposed to. And like the like I said, the frame I printed out uh, for mm-hmm. the for another prusa i have all the rods i have all the parts that i've already printed on the other machine in, in abs 
So I, I don't know. Nice. I, I might have to buy some rods and stuff like that, and I probably could buy another Arduino. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go. I might. I'll probably wind up building another one down the road. But uh, it's just been been really cool, man. I've been cleaning up the garage and that kind of stuff. But uh, man, prints have been really really good and i have done nothing but i'm printing on glass no fancy wham bam you know bed or anything anything like that and just keeping it clean and never touching it it's been working really well now this one you've just put together you've changed something on the bed and had it apart the one that i built myself yeah i've noticed that i've noticed that if i take mine out and really blow it out really good and wipe down the the tracks and clean each wheel on it and get all that grid off of it, that it prints so much better. I think any dust or anything on those, uh, on those rollers really cause it to, to jump around a lot. Well, what's, uh, what's interesting is I have two different kinds of, of, of print, uh, motion, linear motion. I have the, the regular wheels that are on like a little cam that on the CRS 10, uh, and then I have those encapsulated like cylinders that go back and forth on the, uh, I think that's eight mil, uh, steel yeah, rods. Yeah, on the rods. Mm-hmm. So that, like the, that's, pushing glides, right? Yeah. And that, that prints, they're both printing really well. You can tell quality wise which one's which when the layers go up. Cause I think I have some, some wobble in the Z on the one I built myself, but it's, it's barely noticeable. But the other thing I was going to say is that I also have, two uh, ways of extruding it i have one the one i built myself is a prusa clone where the the stepper is right on the head itself right by the extruder and the other one has a bowden tube that goes over the cr10 and i've noticed on that that if i don't when i change filament if i cut the filament and just feed the new filament in color you know feed the color in as it's printing the first couple of layers i've noticed that i can change it's it's been working better for me to change it that way rather than to heat it up and try and yank all the filament back through the tube. It seems to loosen stuff up uh, in the tube somehow because I've had that tube come loose a few times. I'm trying this out. It's only been maybe a week and things have been going really well where I haven't, I haven't tried to pull the stuff out, even though it does retract when it's, you know, doing its printing. It, I'm not really forcing that stuff back out, you know, all the way. So I don't know. It's interesting. I'm I'm kind of keep keeping notes on that to see if that does anything. I just push the filament through. Yeah, like I feed it into the tube. It's cleared with the new filament. Oh, okay. You just keep feeding it until it changes color. Yeah. Yeah. yeah until it comes out whatever new color you know it is. I usually start the print um, and, and just let it change. You know, get it yeah. in there enough to let it change. I don't care. A lot mm-hmm. of it's gonna be painful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that'd be fine too. Right. Yeah. Um. But I built a couple more like tool holders, like custom tool holder stuff. I got stuff now, a lot of stuff off nice. my desk. And uh, there was I built this one to hold Allen, not Allen bits, but the I guess they're Allens, but they're um they're your your regular like screwdriver bits, the hex bits for your screw uh-huh. gun and stuff like that, and all the different ones, all different. Yeah. Like, they're always all over the place. I built this one that's kind of like it's got a row. It's got two rows on the top, and it's got some rows standing up in the middle, so it can handle you know, a decent amount of them just to get them up off. Cause you don't need, I don't need 40 number two, you know, Phillips head, you know, I maybe yeah. I need two or three, you know, at the time. You need at least 20 just so you can find one when you, 
Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's it's the the key for me now has been like now that I've got stuff and I've got it in the place that it should be. And I, I started small, you know, with with some of the tools that I had were just working on helicopters and airplanes. But now that I'm doing that with almost everything, and I don't have a lot of tools. Like if I want to, like I'm always searching for my hammer, you know. And I got a nice spot where I put that, and I I hung it up and was like. Now I know where my hammer is all the time. Like once you do that with with tools and and keep them in the right spot, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, it makes a big difference. It's huge the amount of time you'll waste looking for something, and then you get frustrated. Oh my god! And you know, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, yeah. Tell me about it. I've been. You know how many ten millimeters I can't find? I bought like fifteen of them, yeah. but I can't find any of them for some reason oh, when I'm working things, on my car. Uh, yeah, they disappear. Yeah. yeah. So like it's. I, I'm very admirable that you you're able to put the tools back because yeah. that's always my problem. Like I'll put a like I'll you know on my pegboard like that's where the hammer goes and then I'll never be there. <laughs> like I'll never put it back there because I'll just I'll use it and yeah. lay it down somewhere on the table, you know, with the rest of our my our junk and. <laughs> yeah, and it might have been something I always you know I thought about when I first started this whole thing. Like oh I got to clean mm-hmm. up, I got to put that stuff back. Now I don't even think about it. It just goes back, you know, when I'm done. Or if I want to work on yeah. something new, I start over. I put everything back while something while prints huh? going on or something like that. Like I printed out an nice. SD card holder. Like I had SD cards all over the place. Was losing stuff, and then you know they go yeah. on the floor on the concrete. You step on those little things and they're done. Oh, they're done. You know, yeah. so you just ruined like a sixty-four gig card or something. So yeah, mm-hmm. so it's that's been it's been working out really well for me, man. And uh, what else is I gonna say? Eh, I don't know. Just getting stuff organized is. Really helpful. Oh, I have two ammo cases that are filled with like duplicate tools. Like working in the field I'm in, those little tiny blue handled screwdrivers. I mean, we, I have literally probably like 12 of them. And <laughs> yeah, cause you were, we were constantly going through them. We we're constantly buying them. So like I yeah. have separated, like now I got a couple of those just cheap ammo cans that I have, you know, all my wrenches and all my leftover screwdrivers and another one. I threw out like two toolboxes. That I had had for years that were just like big giant heavy cases of like ancient stuff, like mm. that that hundred watt soldering iron that you got from Radio Shack with little screw and light bulb, dude. Like that <laughs> freaking thing, I never used. I never used that thing. Yeah, but uh, we'll get into that. I'm sure. Save, yeah, save it. But it's all this good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? Um, I can go next because mine's real easy. I really didn't do anything in the hobby. Um, I did a little bit more cleaning in the garage, but that's about it. Dude, when's the last, uh, last time you, you flew something, even if it was in your backyard <sighs> or something? Probably like a month, right? I would say at least a month, if not longer. Wow. Yeah, I would say at least a month. Oh, mate, no. I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, it's been a month. <laughs> yeah, I just been I've been busy with other other things right now anyway so yeah but um no, i just I, you I know just I, I, can't, I want the field to i can't wait for field to be open because i need to yeah. i want to fly my nitro and that and like i'm kind of holding off like yeah i could go fly something small but i don't know i just i want to fly my nitro and or my gasser so i'll just wait yeah cool i was just talking to somebody uh during the week and uh, they were asking me when the last time we flew was yeah God damn COVID. Okay. Who can I go next? <laughs> I, I, I can. can go, next. Or go ahead, Andy. Uh, I got out and flew a little bit last week. 
uh, I'm still having trouble with getting motivation to go flying. I'm, I'm mm. busy here on the farm, but even when I have a few minutes or something, I'm like, well, I could probably get a flight or two. So I'm like, nah, I'd rather go do something else. So I don't, I don't know, struggling with it. But I did get a couple of flights in, and I did have almost have a problem. It oh, was super, oh yeah. It was rainy, kind of that super gray sky, overcast, just kind of really shitty lighting. So I got up to a big auto, and I was doing those. You know where I'm going. Uh, this time I was going right to left. And then I do a 180 and then come in and land going left to right. You know what I'm saying? Like a okay. 180 auto. And as I'm turning out there doing the, like the turn, I don't know what happened or why I did it, but I somehow lost orientation. Oh, jeez. Which makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I'm making one slow big turn, but for some reason I felt like, it flipped all the way around. I was tailing. So I moved the stick a little bit. I'm like, ah, it went the wrong way. What's wrong? So I moved the stick a little bit more. Oh, I, I don't know why I would think that that, that would help it. <laughs> yeah, if it went the wrong right. way the first time. That's stupid. You know, I had a complete brain fart. And so it just kept moving the wrong way. I'm like, son of a bitch. And then I finally figured, oh, it's nose in. But by this time, I'd already clicked bailout, and it was, you know, I was just at mid-stick kind of seeing it, holding it till it spooled back up. And I went up and did it again. But I can't figure out why my brain just shut down for, you know, three seconds or whatever. It, yeah, it was weird. I wonder if you're just thinking of something else at the moment. Probably. And just I just, for a I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't see it good, and so it's like, I mean, it was really. I think just, I figured it out. Well, I think you were doing such a long auto that you bored yourself to sleep. I fell asleep. <laughs> That's what happened. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. What? Have you been out on the street driving? Because there's a lot of people that brain I think has shut oh down. Oh my god! And are like, I, I don't remember how to drive. <laughs> I've actually said that as I'm pulling out. Yeah, I forgot how to drive, dude. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like that time I learned how to make beer. Forgot how to drive. It's an old Simpsons joke. Um, Mm -hmm. Auto rotation bailout. Uh I would, and I tell anyone that ever asks about this or doing autos, I was like, you got auto rotation bailout set up? No, no. Like, well, whatever you do, you need to have that set up. That's my. I even tell people to set it up, even if you're not planning to ever do an auto. Because, I mean, how many times have you accidentally hit throttle hold when you're first kind of get learning or maybe you, you kind of develop the habit of hitting it really quick before a crash, but then sometimes you save it and you don't crash, but now now you're in hold, so yeah. you end up crashing anyway. Yeah, that's so definitely what I, happened to I, me. Yeah, that's happened to all of us. Yeah. So auto rotation bailout is a very nice thing. The first thing I'd done when I figured out that I was lost and didn't know which way it was going is I clicked out of, you know, I clicked hold back off so it could spool, you know, get power and 
figure out what's going on and go back up and do it again instead of having to try to fight it and then while still autoing. So I guess that's my only uh, advice of this whole thing is make sure you know what your auto rotation bailout set up. Yeah, see, I uh, I usually hit throttle hold and I don't even use the engine you know idle to where I can. Yeah, it would have to go completely through a spool up, but I don't know if I hit throttle hold yeah, back you off. Or that. It'll, yeah, I know. No, he fully commits. I you fully, fully commit. commit. You throttle I mean, that's there, fine, there's no bailout from there. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't know if you could it would be yeah, a slow spool up. <laughs> would definitely yeah. not be enough time. By the time it spools up, you've already hit the ground. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, um, if, yeah, I'm surprised you don't do motor idle for that. Eh, it's just because I don't want to move my finger like a quarter of an inch. I'm so freaking lazy. I don't know. It's like I should start practicing that position, because it's like the switches on the same, not on the same switch, but they're right in front of each other. Like they're right next to each other. Yeah. It's like you can hit that switch or you can hit this one. Yeah, true. No, nah, but yeah. um, it's just going. I, the I other see way. people. I see people use motor um idle, and it's and they're like, oh shit, and they try to bail out and turn it off. Yeah. So it, yeah. it does work both ways, you know. That happens too. Yeah. Yeah. That's another type of a thing that you can really work on on the sim is set everything up exactly like your heli with the, mm-hmm. the the hold and then the the off or whatever and when you're in the sim you can practice doing autos and practice bailing out to make sure you hit yeah. the switch the correct way well, that's not a bad idea i used to do that some yeah really burn in that muscle memory so you, you don't even have to think about it you just the switch moves when you need it to. Because if you have to nice. think, then you're it's too late. Yeah. In yeah. my experience. But anyway, so a couple flights, no crashes. Um, just that one weird thing. Cool. So what about you, George? What have you been up to? Well, we've been doing some work around the the farm here. We've been uh, we've had a bulldozer over here and been yeah, I've been seeing cutting some of the top of the mountain off to use its slate up there and uh, cleared off all the topsoil and everything. We're using that slate to fill in. We're going to fill in around the shop here and maybe add on a little bit. Then down here in the lower backyard, Andy knows what I'm talking about. If you're kind of looking out over our patio here at the hangar, the backyard's kind of sloping, and I'd like to I'd like to level that out so that. People could park their campers in there if they wanted to and get to power easier. And um, it'd be right over the flight plane, too. That'd be good. But um, thought about putting maybe a little square helipad out there, putting our logo on it. And then um, I took the, um, the – Andy, you remember the airplane I had, the full-size uh, – I think it was a uh, Piper Cherokee, the uh-huh. one I didn't have, I didn't have any wings for. Right. I've been th- been threatening to make a treehouse out of it, so I, I I pulled it around to the front of the patio and mounted it on a couple of salt treated posts and built a deck on it for the kids and um, that's going to be pretty neat. Going to run some power to it, maybe put them a little flip down DVD player in there or something. Nice, yeah. I saw fun. that, George. Where did you even get something like that? Yeah, I've got three of them here. Um, 
one of them is that it's a road as you turn in at the end of the driveway. It's our gate guard. It's an old V-tail bonanza, you know, up on a, I've got like a stand made for it where it looks like it's on a dive. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd send you pictures of that. I don't remember. But I've anyway, seen that. Tell me yeah. about the pilot in it. Yeah, it's got a skeleton in it for a pilot, and he's got a headset on the boom mic and everything. Jeez. Awesome. Yeah, it's painted up like a kind of like a military plane, and it says, uh, you know, the Bonanzas were known as doctor killers. Doctors would buy them, and I guess they were kind of sporty at the time, and they would get uh, killed in them. So on the on the side of on the pilot side, it says Doc, and then instead of kills, I've got little golf bags. <laughs> Nice. nice. Like bombing missions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's got stars and bars on it. It's it's pretty cool. It's painted up really neat. But um but anyway, the other one for the kids' camper, it's really neat. It's still got all the interior in it, the carpet and the headliner. And it's got the controls. They can make the elevator work back there or make the rudder the pedals and everything work on it. Still got some of the gauges in it and the flap controls work. But, uh, you know, it's mounted rigid now, so um, it's got that nice little deck on it, and it wraps around the front. But, uh, yeah. And then, Absolutely. yeah, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell Steve Hodges uh, tomorrow before this comes out. But, but um, I'm also working on my pond down there. Right now, it's, it's got a lot of sediment in it. It hasn't been cleaned out in probably four or five years, but... But I, I've always wanted to make it deeper where we could put some pretty good size RC boats in there and maybe a submarine or two. Ooh. So, so we're working on that as well. Cool. And, um, nice. I've got a, I've got a piece of a telephone pole that they cut down, down the road here. It was a, you know, a huge telephone pole, one of those pressure treated ones. Uh-huh. So I, I, I got what was left of it and drug it home. And, uh, I'm going to use that as a spillway at the end of my pond right now i've got just kind of like rocks stacked up there but i'm gonna put that that log across there so it'll have a nice smooth looking uh, spillway now get it nice right. and level nice. But, uh, so yeah hopefully here in about the next two three weeks if the weather holds out we'll uh we'll have everything ready to start sowing some grass and where we're where we're taking all that dirt off the top of the hill up here We'll have a huge flat area up there now where we just used to have maybe, I don't know, 400 square feet flat. Now, 3,000. So, I wanted to do a uh, RC tank battle range up there with some, like little hidden places, you know, carved out into the side of the slate. And, you know, maybe some little ledge roads you can yeah. run along the side of the the cliff and um, some of the guys, some of the guys are building like these little scale um, villages and stuff from over in Europe during world war two. So it'll be pretty, be pretty cool. You know, we've got several guys that's got some really nice uh, little drones and uh, get them to do some video and stuff of it as they're driving around their tanks and everything. But uh, those IR battles are really neat, you know, there's several of them really getting into that but um yeah i i look forward to the rest of this summer 
if if you know may, maybe not have as many um, events. You know, we've already missed some, but uh, the ones we have, we're going to have a good time. Oh, for sure. Then uh, helicopters. I've been uh, I've been trying to finish up <clears throat> some of those um, AH six. Um, Kind of like the Night Stalker helicopters I've got. I've got a 700 size I've been building for a while, but I got sidetracked on this Blade 230 um, Sky Crane project I worked on. So last week I told everybody that 84% was right. Well, it's too tight. The main gear rubs. 85 is what I'm going with. And it's it's tight, but it clears. And it, it really works good. So hopefully I'll have some pictures and some video on tired iron aviation and uh i'll cross post it on free fall but uh it's really neat take take a nice little um helicopter there and give it some scale paint it up nice and neat make it a little bit more interesting kind of a novelty thing i guess yeah that'd be cool for someone that has a 230 and maybe has moved on to bigger better stuff it's a way to bring new life into that if you want to piddle around with it that's a cool idea right yeah yeah i've got another one here that i'm gonna put a uh put the bale jet ranger fuselage on it you know just kind of like you say you know once you've moved on from them other than my night when i really like it but um yeah put them in a fuselage make them interesting when you take them to a scale show they really get a kick out of stuff like that yeah i see but uh i guess that's it cool that's man. all right so let's go into our main topic then so what are you saving that for huh that's that's a <laughs> question that i'm sure most um rc folks get from their wives or significant others <laughs> When they come into you, walk into your hobby room or your garage and you look around and just like, yeah, what are you saving all this crap for? Huh? <laughs> the one question I always get from my wife is, who actually listens to this shit <laughs> when I'm talking about the podcast? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Obviously not you. You're more? Yeah, obviously not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, all right, so we got a couple questions. So ju- just general hoarding questions, right? Like, what, what, why do we keep these things? Like, what, what are, what's in our head that think, you know, that we think that we're going to use it in the future? Um, and I guess this is for general RC goods, right? Like, it could be electronics, it can be airframes, it can be, you know, just general things uh, so in the hobby. So it's RC related. Yeah, I think we should try to keep yeah. it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I'm sure each of us have our own other hobbies besides RC that, um, you know, maybe was just as passionate about it um, as far as spending and getting stuff and stocking up on things. So <laughs> let's keep it RC related. Uh, so, yeah, who wants to start with that first question? Why do we why do you keep it? Why? Well, you know, what's in your head? Why do you think uh, you're going to use it again? Because you might need it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, since you made it RC related, dude, I was gonna say that, you know, when I go back, when I go back to a model that I haven't flown in a long time, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this thing's a lot of fun. 
you know, and so those memories are always there. Yeah. So that's kind of why I haven't like trashed something that I've mm-hmm. thought was fun for a, a long, long time. Uh, or I haven't flown in a long, long time that I thought was fun. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's other things like parts and stuff like that. Like I've, I've kept, um, a couple of things for dude years that I'm like, oh, I'll probably use those parts. And I just recently with all this stuff going on and all the time I've had at home, uh, <laughs> gone into the boxes where I kept those parts, realized that uh-huh. those aren't the exact parts I thought they were going to be. And we're like, this is <laughs> okay. not going to fit anything I have. So I threw it out. I'm throwing it out. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's like parts within something that I got, you know, that, that I thought would fit something, but it's, it's not even close. So I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's like, why am I keeping these things? And then, you know, one of the other things that I have that I definitely need to get rid of. And this was only to help other people out was all the server power supplies that I have, man, that I was like, Oh yeah. Like I have a, like a milk crate full of them that I'm like, I got to start getting rid of them because I'm, I move them from one side of the shed to the other. Oh yeah. I mean, put a pulse of them. Sure. There's folks in the hobby that would take them. Yeah. Just let them know they're not floating grounds or nothing. You got to, yeah, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. They're not cheap to ship. So, I mean, I would definitely give them to somebody. They just have to pay for shipping. Yeah. You cover shipping. It's yours, you know? Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Well, I was going to say, I've kind of been thinking about this recently. And for me, the reason I started hoarding so much crap is when I first started, it was so exciting. I was building and crashing and flying. Mm -hmm. And every time I needed something, I was like, oh, man, I got to wait three or four days. I got to order it from Hobby King or this or that or whatever. So I eventually just had all these props and motors and servos and all this crap. And then I literally haven't touched it in years. But at the time I was like, God, I got to have it. I got to have so much so I don't have to order and wait. Uh But now it's just sitting there collecting dust. So for me, that's kind of one reason that sparked off the, the reason to hoard this stuff is like so you don't have to order it and wait but as you evolve in the hobby and get better and don't crash every single time you fly you start needing less and less parts and things and of course the way we have progressed into helis we're not building foam planes all the time yep we don't we don't need as much stuff right i find it so here to have a bunch of junk like that to uh because we all we have people here crashing all the time, people learning how to fly. It's good just to have a, a bunch of stuff like that, drawers yeah. full of propellers, motors, ESCs. True. And uh, it's all yeah. stuff that I wouldn't give you two cents for if I had to carry it off. But it we're, we use it all the time. I mean, there's somebody literally every, yeah. every couple you're of weekends. A, yeah. You're in a little bit of a unique situation, though, George, where you have a lot of people coming over to your place and flying. Like, yeah. there's yeah. nobody comes here that I could give any of this crap to that would want it. Yeah, uh. yeah. I, like what you just described is me. Like, I, I didn't want to freaking wait for shit. And now that I don't need any of shit yeah. because I'm, I've basically moved off that platform to Hellies, <laughs> it's like 
I don't know why I'm keeping yeah, it. It's still like, there. I, there's fond memories of me building yeah, all these airplanes, and and don't get me wrong, I like I have a FT Cub, um, brand new, like you know, shrink wrap, still from I don't know when I got that, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I'll build it one day, but and I, I need electronics yeah. for it, so you yeah. know. But I, but well, I mean, come that's, on, let me that's be me real. Too. It's like, oh, maybe maybe I'll I'll build some planes, or maybe I'll get the kids and we'll build some. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, but yeah. I've been saying that right. for like three years, and we haven't yes. done it. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, is it actually ever going to happen? <laughs> Probably, Probably not. not. Right. So let's let's let things go. Uh-huh. So, and I would agree that George <laughs> has got his now. own, you know, unique situation down there. For sure. Yeah. We could also donate to the club members, but I don't see that many club members. I know there's a few that would take anything, but uh, I'm more inclined to box <laughs> up some of my old flight test stuff and send it to George. I mean, if, if he can use those blue $2 servos yeah. and all that, uh, like uh, the hobby King stuff I bought back in the day. I mean, that's just, I have like shoe boxes full of that stuff that I'm probably never going to use again. I shouldn't, you know, I wouldn't send all of it, but I just send a good part knowing that, uh, he would but reuse a good them. chunk of it. Like for sure. Yeah, I would send 80% we, of all that stuff that I have. Yeah. And we do. I mean, we do, uh, we, we, uh, some of the most fun we've had out here is some of that flight test stuff, you know, just especially uh, the uh, thrust vectoring beacons and stuff. They're just so much fun. But, but yeah. we all the time have little kids coming by and they'll have some kind of an old RC plane that they got off got off Walmart.com or something like that. And they're wanting to put the guts out of it in some kind of flight test thing. And you'd be surprised how many of these kids get out here and figure out how to make them fly at least you know somewhat but yeah yeah, we uh (laughs) you know we've got tons of servos and stuff a lot of times you know it's mixed match stuff maybe dynam and fms and stuff but just right you know yeah it's good to have that stuff you just you know we're like what do you want for it well you can just have it you know yeah plus two you know crashes somebody will crash something and Instead of throwing it in the garbage can, I'll I'll strip it out and divide out all the pieces into different drawers. I've got them ridiculously organized. And uh, nice, but yeah, instead of just throwing them away. And I know it's hard to donate stuff like that because nobody just wants a big old box. I thought about too, like going when you have a fly-in or something, set up a a table or two or a blanket, and just throwing some stuff out on it and. If some of it's valuable, put a few dollars on it. The other stuff just stay free. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Because we we've, we've said we've said locally here, like we'd love to go down to the flea market. That's that's here, you know, in February. Uh, but it's sometimes it's tough to get all that stuff together, you know, and get down there. Um, yeah. For me, it'd be easier to box up all the stuff I don't think I'm going to use anymore. Send it to someone like you, George, that would use it, or or even you know. Because uh, it sounds like you have like mini flight fest events at your place a lot, where kids are doing that. That'd be great, man. At least I would know it would go somewhere, some use, you know. Yeah, yeah. we love stuff like that. You know, kids they don't realize they shouldn't be able to fly as good as they do. They're in these video games and stuff, and most of the time they've they've created that muscle memory to where, you know, once they get just the basic mechanics of it down, they can fly like crazy. We've got them out here that's five six seven years old that they fly great yeah it's crazy nice yeah but yeah it helps them out cool so, uh so how, 
Oh, sorry, Andy, go. Oh, I was just going to read the question. Yeah, go for it. So, so how do we decide what to keep and what not to keep? Uh, how do you make that determination? That's a this hard. The million dollar question, right <laughs> here. Is, it really is, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, go it's different things, isn't it? Really, I mean, I've got things. I've got some planes that I would never get rid of, unless I crashed it. Now I'd probably just patch it together and hang it up. I, I've got a jet that they gave me when I flew my first year flying every single day. Uh, the guys got together and bought me an F eighty six from Freewing. And, you know, I, I wouldn't get rid of it for anything. Do I fly it a lot anymore? No, not really. But I fly it two or three times a year. But um, I don't want to get rid of it. That's nice. one thing. You know, if it's got sentimental value. Right. And then I guess I'm really interested in it the time. Like I've got, uh, got into helicopters and I've got quite a few helicopters now but i've still kept my favorite jets my favorite fighters my favorite bombers and things like that so that you know i still have those things that i enjoy to i enjoy flying but i don't have so many of them does that make sense yeah you thin them out like how many p51 mustangs do you need how many corsairs do you need you know and then when it, I don't know, when it comes to uh, bulky things, I just throw, uh, if it's like a, a fuselage or something, if it's if it's something that's torn up pretty bad and you can still get it, it I throw it in the garbage. But now if it's an old Hobby King B-17 that you can't hardly get parts for or something anymore, I keep every little fragment of one if it crashes. I, I, have guess, I guess a different, it's kind of a... Uh, moving scale for me and where i'm at located it's the amount of room i have like that determines what i keep and what i don't keep if i obviously if i don't have the room for it i can't keep it uh very long if i'm moving it around a lot if it's something you know like i built like the giant mustang or the big se5 that i had uh you know if i can't find a good spot like giant mustang i kept for a couple of years but uh, after a yeah. while, it just got to a point where, well, after that one, after a while, it got to a point where it wasn't flight worthy anymore. It's kind of a risk. Uh, but that that has a lot to do with whether I keep it or not. I mean, I if I really, if I really, I mean, I got to come come down to if I really like flying it too. You know, I keep it. If it pisses off somebody at the flying field, I definitely keep it because I know I'm going to come back with it. <laughs> yeah, piss somebody <laughs> off again. Um, yeah, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, if it's one of those annoying, you know, 5 million kV micro jets, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep that. No, but it's yeah. it, a lot of it has to do with, with space. And, you know, if I've, you know, flown it and don't like it that much, or if it's, like you said, George, if it's like my third Spitfire or whatever, which... It only happens when I had the flight test stuff. But I used to keep all the prints and everything, but I found that, like we were saying, my, my evolution in the hobby went to more to helicopters. I enjoy flying planes, but I enjoy flying more of the the Twisted Hobbies-type planes and more acrobatic-type stuff. And I really like the the old Sukhoi, you know, that, that Park Zone put out. So I, I, have, I still have two of those. 
um, and I keep those. Make sure I keep those in, in, you know, a spot where I can get to them. And those are, those are some of the stuff I make room for. But uh, I don't know. And then there's that damn I have, and everybody must have this this one thing that you're you're always going back and forth with. Like I have that ninety nine dollar Dynam P fifty one that I've had. It's like one of the first plane I ever ever bought. And that yeah. one, I don't, it's been in the garbage three times. I always say that, but that was the first one I bought. That was the first plane I ever flew with the cheap Chinese radio and that whole story of me having my, my father-in-law and yeah. I were up in the tree and I'm trying to poke at it with a, with a 30 foot metal pipe and the, the thunder and lightning is coming towards us. And all I got in the back of my head is my <laughs> brother-in-law telling me you had my 90 something year old father-in-law out in a thunderstorm trying to poke a stupid plane out of a tree and i was like yeah <laughs> i mean how long that, ago yep, was this? that one i can never get rid of that must have been that had to be like he was late Is 80s that so that had to be like uh geez man 2014 13 14 okay. maybe something yeah, like that i would think 13 almost not that bad. I, I went to the local ball field the pal and which he was like the he was like ran the pal at the time and I took off from the ball field. It's the only place he wouldn't taxi on grass or anything. And I flew that around, and it, I took off. It was flying great. And he was he was in World War Two, so he was like, "This is great, man. This is exactly how those planes looked, you know." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is awesome." And then I'm trying to think, how the hell am I going to land this thing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I came <laughs> f- f- flying around in front of us and slammed right into a tree, like thirty f- foot up in this tree. Oh, and we wound up getting it down and i wound up flying it a lot of you know i've fl- got a lot of flights in on that thing wound up figuring out what cg is and getting a better radio with expo i had no expo on that plane or anything when i first oh flew. my god so yeah i got a you know i got a spectrum dx6 and dx6i and you know flew that thing with some expo and so that yeah. that t- that plane's got sentimental value but dude i hate ah. it i hate looking at it but i don't i don't want to get rid of it you know not until it completely yeah, smashes into two pieces. I know what you mean. I've got my, yeah. what I learned to fly on a, a Dynam Catalina. Okay. It still hangs up here. Still flies. Yeah. But Interesting part for me is. Look, um looks bad. I, I learned to fly on all flight test stuff. So none of that stuff is around anymore just because they don't, they don't hold up for. They, yeah. you know, they might hold up for a year or two, but that's about it. Yeah. Like yeah. they have a lifespan, right? So. Um. Yeah, and all those are gone like several years ago now. At this point, you know, focusing on heli. So I, it's interesting. Um, I still do have like, like I have a plane like that my wife got me. You know, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna throw that away ever. Sure. <laughs> like it's gonna always be a, a shelf queen in my opinion, right? Even though it's dusty as hell and it's just hanging there. But um, I don't know. It's hard. It's it's really hard to make that decision. So let me ask you guys this. Um. Is there a plane that you got? I mean, you guys probably all could answer this question. Or a plane, I wouldn't say helicopter, I would say more or less a plane that you picked up and you were so excited to fly and it flew like crap and you really didn't keep it that long. You were like, no, this really disappointed me. How many times? <laughs> whether it was a. Trying to think. Whether it was one you made yourself or, you know, one of those the, Dollar the Tree. Only one I can think of, and this is, you're going to find this funny, Kevin. The only plane I've had that's like that. Is that green Sukhoi park oh, zone? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, Steve probably said. I same hated thing. that thing. Wow. But I mean, I, I mean, like you love my... it, so I don't know what's what's really? up. But 
Yeah. See, I liked mine, but I didn't. I hated that whole like if you hit the flap switch by mistake, it would just fly away, <laughs> like yeah. or reboot on you or something weird. Like I, I never got over that part. And then I don't know. I just I I got tired of flying airplanes in general. So yeah, I think the big uh, no pun intended was the big switch for me was <laughs> when I actually flew it a lot more in 3D mode instead of mm-hmm. precision mode. I precision. think it was. Yeah. Yep. Right. And when one of the guys, I think it was uh, Jerry, I was at the field and he was like, "Have you ever tried landing it in 3D mode?" And I was like, "Oh my god, this thing's so easy to land now with 3D mode because you have so much authority on the elevator." That that thing, and I've said it before, was the 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 uh, the AS3X was like a double edged sword. It would keep it flying as long as it could until the it actually stalled and on. On landing, you would stall it a lot and crash it. I think that's what happened with me because I stalled it, like tip stalled it on landing a couple times. Yeah. And I had had a Vision Air, and it just flew so much better in the 3D stuff. And then once I got Mm -hmm. the the Flex Innovations, the 300, I'm like, wow, this thing is superior to the Sukhoi. So screw that thing. Never look back. I mean, it, it... not to say that the Sukhoi is bad, but where I was, I guess, it wasn't a good fit. And then once I got what I would consider better flying stuff, I just I just didn't keep it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I moved on to, sort of kind of moved on. I kind of purchased that, uh, that S-Boc uh, from a buddy of mine at the field, uh, the 342, I think it is. And uh, that thing doesn't have anything in it but a receiver, and that thing is amazing to fly. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely probably I well I had it at Spock when I first started flying, and I should have never been flying at that Balsa one. And I plowed that one in to the point yep. where Jeff was like, "I never want to hear that sound again in my life." That's <laughs> how bad the sound was when it went in. Yeah, it's definitely um, and I think that's a this that's like a choice of the actual pilot, man. You know. About the uh, you know purchasing something being all jazzed up and it not living up to the to the hype. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For me, it probably was the Hobby King one. I I picked up the P forty, and it nothing really wrong. I mean, well, the plane needed a shit ton of nose weight, but the uh, yeah the landing gear, that rotating landing gear, it could never get right. Uh, I had a couple of good flights on it. I I really like the way it flies, but uh, it just sucks when you get landing gear that size that isn't isn't the greatest but the the whole thing for like for me to decide like what i need to keep or not to keep i think it really barrels down to like what aspect of the hobby i'm in right now like so one of the questions i put lower down unless it's like you know what do you do about like the box fulls of nine gram servos the 30 fbacs and the 22 12 models those are like the common things for a flight test plane and um you know i'm sure each of us have boxes boxes of surplus electronics for for those type of planes right so what do you do with them like i'm you know when i look at it uh, to me i'm probably never gonna build another plane to fly you know and you know like if if it is it's gonna be a 3d plane but it's not gonna be like a flight test plane right um so like i've been going through them and it's kind of sucks but if if i feel like it's kind of worn in like i look at a servo and it looks all nasty and hot glued and you know things hanging off it i'm just like i just chuck it I just throw it away. Um, new stuff I, I want to keep and I want to give away because I feel like that stuff is like, I don't know. I, f- I feel bad like if I give up 
you know, a box of servos to someone who's like excited, you know, maybe a kid or someone trying to get into the hobby. And then like all of them, but like three servos work. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, ah, <laughs> so I'd rather keep like, you know, the shit that I know that's probably shit. I'm just going to toss. And then the stuff that I know it's like, oh, I might have used this once or yeah. not at all. Like the your servo lead is still coiled up and, you know, with a little twisty tie. You're like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't even touch this. Well, servo you're, yet. I assume you're talking about like the two, three dollar servos. That, yeah, yeah, the nine gram servos, right? So, like, yeah, all it's the, like it's not really a big deal. I mean, if it's a motor ESC, it might be a little different. You might want to check it and make well, sure. Even then, those motors and ESCs, like if the ESC is all kind of like. I don't know, but a lot of my equipment has gone through some, I don't know, like morning dew, I guess, like just not so dry conditions um, that they kind of look like they're not water damaged, but they just kind of look like shit, you know? So <laughs> things well, like that, I just kind of toss. That's where sending this stuff to George would pre- probably be okay, because even if he did come across like, you know, 10 bad ones, he'd probably test them before he put them in something and... You know, mm-hmm. he'd have that experience, you know, it wouldn't be just a, somebody new uh, messing with him. And yeah. Trying yeah. To figure it all out. Well, we'll yeah, that's different that. if it's new person. Yeah. Or not. We'll come to that on the next uh, question. Oh, OK. Yeah. So everyone good with the decision to keep or not to keep? Should we move it on to how do you well, sort? I wanted to touch one thing. Yeah. So they say with hoarding and whatever. Uh, if you've not used or needed something in a year, mm. yes. then get rid of it. Uh, I think That's that hard. could be maybe <laughs> amended a little bit for definitely for airframes like planes or helis or uh-huh. whatever. Okay. But there's got to be a time limit. Like if you've not flown it in two years. Now, I'm, I'm just talking about something you've bought or whatever and you, you flew yeah. it a bunch and then you've hung it up and haven't touched it. Not something you built. Or something someone gave you that has sentimental value, right? There, with me, there probably should be a time limit on some of this stuff. I mean, if you've not touched it or flown it or thought about flying it in what two years, I mean, do you, do you yeah, really need it? it? Some of it is like like my military planes. You know, they 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 please. They're they what is it? They say uh, they are aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. To me, I like to look at them. I've always, you know, since I was a little kid, I've been fascinated with World War II fighter planes and stuff like that. And then, you know, Korea and Vietnam, when helicopters and stuff, I remember the first time I ever saw one of these big Sikorskys, I thought, gosh, that's the sexiest, ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And, you know, they just left an impression on me. So now I, you know, even if it's just a little bitty one, I, you know, I've got one. I've got a... A, a BF-109. I've, I've got a uh, Albatross uh, seaplane, and it's like my seaplanes. I get to fly them maybe twice a year down at Triple Tree, Joan All and Nall in the fall. And uh, so, yeah, they, they would they would at least pass the two-year, but that's about the only time I do fly them. But, but you're, you're, you're using them as uh, like, almost like a decoration. Like to yeah. look at and yeah. stuff. I'm more thinking like just you know your average old foamy cubs and this and that that we all had oh, a bunch yeah. of when we were yeah. learning. That that hold no real sentimental value or 
and they're just banged up. I, I say, feel like it, there's well, probably a time you should get rid of, give it away, sell it, or something. And bear in mind, this is all a do as I say, don't do as I do scenario. <laughs> so, well, you know what I do is the first time right. that somebody, the first time that somebody shows some interest in something I have like that, I'm like, well, here, take it on with you. It's yeah, like, sure. you know, if I'm not going to do anything with it, it don't need to be cluttering up space in here unless it's one of my little whatnots that's, you know, kind of decoration. But if it's like an old cub or something like it, if it's something crashed under the table, a lot of stuff that gets crashed, you know, maybe mild crash broke here or there. You mentioned uh, Night Visionaire. Mine's underneath the table. has been underneath there probably eight months with a cracked wing and a broke prop. But a lot of stuff like that, just after it's been underneath there for a while, first time somebody says, hey, what are you going to do with that? It usually gets gone. Yeah. Nice. You know, I'm thinking there should be, it's, you know, with the internet and stuff, I'm thinking there, it'd be cool to post it somewhere. I guess, I don't know, the flight test forums, the. A lot of the, yeah, a lot of the Facebook groups you can. Yeah. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just find it's best. Most of the time, there's plenty of local kids that around here but you know we draw in a lot of people people see us flying going down the highway here and they come in to talk to us they see the plane out the end of the road and you know they they either figure it's going to be great or nobody will ever hear from them again so yeah (laughs) yeah because like i have the bixler too i still have that uh which i was going to bring down to our field and see if anybody wanted perfectly flying plane just i haven't flown it in years you know, stuff like that. I have a biplane that I, I'm probably going to wind up trashing um, that I haven't flown in years. Something I would well, give to one me, of the members. That gives me, um, I guess, not inspiration, but another idea for another question that I'm going to ask. Um, mm-hmm. So do you mind giving things away to people that you know won't use it or will take it and sell it? Because I know people like that. I know people that even in our club – you know, you offer something and they don't care what it is. They'll take it because they'll either hoard it or they'll probably sell it or, you know, but they probably won't ever use it. It was just not into it or, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's for me. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I'm not crazy about that, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know if you can really you know, think about that too much because you, you could sell it to somebody you've never met. They might never fly it. We we've given away stuff on the show. And yeah, when we we, nev- we right. never know and what that's ha- why. All we wanted to know was like what happened. What happened to it? You know? Yeah. How did it but, go? Did you build it? Like yeah, exactly. Nothing. And we Just never heard from it. That yeah. kind of irks me. Like on the show, yeah. But I mean, if I'm, but you still you can't really let it get to you because it's really nothing you can control. You shouldn't, but it's still freaking annoying. Yeah. I mean, you want to give you want to give this stuff to like a kid or something that's going to be excited and use it. Not yeah. somebody that's just going to throw it in a drawer or turn around and sell it for a couple bucks. Yeah. Like, i tell you something that, bug, that bugs me even worse than that is that, that you know, it, it depends on what it is, too. If it's just a bunch of junk stuff that I was going to throw away anyway, yeah, sure. I don't care, I don't care mm-hmm. what they do with it. But if it's a nice plane or a quad or something like that, and I give it to somebody, and I've known of people that – um you, you give them something nice or somebody gives them something nice 
and they take it and put their receiver in it and get it bound and take it out here and fly it around like they stole it and crash it immediately, you know, and it, it was a nice plane. And um, mm-hmm. that's the ones I hate to see, you know. Yeah. If you give somebody something nice, you know, take care of it. Don't, yeah. don't just destroy it. Like, what? Well, I didn't have nothing in it. I've heard him make that statement. I'm like, well, you know, I did. <laughs> when I bought it new, I paid full retail for it. Yeah, that's a tough one, man, because that I grew up with two older brothers that had a lot of stuff that was given to them before I got uh, on the scene, and they didn't, you know, that's what my father always used to talk about, how they had no appreciation of uh, what a dollar's worth, and you hear that kind of stuff, and that's that's a tough one, man. But yeah, you know, you, all you can do is hope for the best. You know, I guess yeah. when you're going to well, give you something do is you away, limit like what that. all you give. What you limit what you give to people like that in the future. You oh, know, sure. you, you learn. Right. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. You remember, sure. like these, like these little kids wanting servos and ESCs and motors to use on a a flight test plan. They've you know downloaded and printed out and mm-hmm. cut out and stuff. Um, yeah. Like those are the people I want to give all the yeah, stuff to. Like the ones that know gonna. Yeah. yeah. It's like giving that first hit a crack, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that just cost first you the rest of your life. <laughs> they cost you all of your free cash the rest of your life. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, but George, you're like we keep talking about. You're in a unique scenario where, like, if you have an open day at your place there and. You know, you see that kid that is having a good time. You can kind of get to know that kid. It's it's more of a of a of a relationship than us just giving something to someone we never met before and they're gone. You know, like you you actually see yeah. the kid's enthusiasm. You'll know, yeah, I can give this kid a servo or a new plane and and he'll he'll enjoy it. You know, rather than a kid that's just mm-hmm. there smashing everything that he can get his hands on. You know, what, that kind of thing. What's cool is we've got so many guys that come up here. And, and gals too. And, but it's not just me helping people. I mean, all of our guys, I mean, they when they when we have a hangar day, it's like, there'll be about four stations going here with a project going on. And if, you know, if they need something, well, this year's broke. We need to get this or whatever. You know, I think I might have one or I'll make you one. And that's what I do on hangar days is basically just kind of go around triage and seeing what they need and stuff. But we've got guys that they they're into FPV stuff real big. So they help people with FPV quad guys, you know, quad guys, helicopter stuff, airplane stuff, jet stuff. So we've got several experts that, um, they do the same thing. It's like, they'll bring, I, I don't know how many times people have brought a box of stuff over and said, Hey, here's a box of servos or some pieces for a, this or that. If you know anybody that needs them, just give them to them. Yeah, see, that's There's awesome. stuff here like that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, that's the part of the hobby I like the community, the, the fellowship, and helping people get in it. And, you know, not everybody can afford to go out and buy a three, four, five, six hundred dollar airplane. Then you get into the whole thing, whether, you know, the parents, you know, I don't know whether this is just the flavor of the week for my kid, whether they're even going to get into it. So it's like, how much money do you, do you get into? And, you know, if they're just going to try yeah. it out, that'd be great, you know, to have something cheap and, uh, you know, they don't mind if they're crashed to, to try it out. Most likely they're going to get into it when it's like that. And it's not, right. you know, a $500 plane. 
um, that they can only crash once and then, you know, dad <laughs> says that's it. Yeah. And, yeah, and you, exactly. and another thing, you know, you, you probably also meet the parents too at, at your place. There. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you get to know them too. I mean, I think that's a great, you got a great thing down yeah. there, man. Yeah. And uh-huh. it's uh you know, like an old cub, we've got kids that come out here and fly old cubs, you know, no cow on them, anything, just the motor, the prop, you know, and, what they've got patched together with the rest of the plane to fly and they have a ball. Nice. I mean, they could be flying the fanciest new plane on the market and couldn't be any happier. That's what tickles me to death. See them smile like that. Yeah. Do we have more questions we want to ask? Uh, did you want to touch on the organization? We've kind of skipped over that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So how do you guys, uh, sort and place things for the things that you do want to keep, right? So you've got to gather the pile of stuff. You're like, yeah, no, I'm going to f- have a feature of these parts or whatever. Um, piles. So how do you do Pile yeah. system. Piles. Piles. Pile this, <laughs> pile that. Pile, pile. Okay, so. Left-hand pile like, is helicopters. <laughs> Right-hand oh, pile okay. is airplanes. <laughs> now, I've gotten, you know, Fred had mentioned it a few times where, you know, if you get into a system of bins, make sure you get the same type of bin, you know, so it's easily to build any kind of racks or something for that so i've kind of gotten into that where i've gotten the cheap shoebox cases from home depot they're just you know they're a couple of dollars for a piece or not even i don't know maybe they're a dollar a piece but they're the size of a shoebox they're clear and uh i use blue painter's tape you know put it on there and write on a sharpie what's on it what's what's in that you know so you're not yeah you know, so you could reuse it you know if you you tend to throw out what's in there but, jeez, uh, man, I have, must have at least 30 of them um, in different areas, different rack systems that I've, I've kind of built. And now I'm starting to put them out in the shed. Uh, and I have some different sizes for underneath uh, my, my little work area. But just organization of, of planes and stuff, that's a little tough for me because I'm, I'm really short on space. My helicopters go on the left-hand side of my shed, and I got – some three quarter inch PVC tube that I've made or like a, a, um, an angled rack to slide planes in and out of. And that only holds about five. And you'd be surprised on how, how easily that takes up a good chunk of space. But I've also 3d printed some, some, uh, hangers with slots in them that you can, I can easily like put the tail wheel in and hang the plane straight down. Because I'm not a fan of hanging planes off the props. I don't know if that does. I've had that do damage to the props themselves. I don't know if it does damage to the motors. Probably doesn't. But I just I just don't like doing that. And the flight test planes, I used to stack up, kind of hang them from my ceiling. Those were those were easy to hang because you could put, you know, a piece of angled, you know, rod, uh, and. And also hang them off the, those I could, you could hang off the props because those weren't heavy enough to really do damage in my mind. And hanging them from the tail yeah. would just twist the tail all up. So I would hang them straight down in my garage from the ceiling. You just, I would just screw a sheetrock screw right into the, to the ceiling and just make a bracket up for that, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But storage is, is definitely tricky. I've tried the, the way Chris Robert does it with the piece of shelving, the wired shelving, and that worked good for a long time. But I kind of redid that area, and it's no longer there for me. So I just kind of stack them up um, on some stuff in in my shed on the left hand side. But I don't know how do you guys deal with 
a lot of stuff. I don't. <laughs> That's why my garage looks like the way it looks. Yeah. Um, I've, I've hung planes I've from the ceiling too, to, which which works. Yeah. But that's so, I have all, I have all my hollies and planes off the tables, right? I don't have anything on tables anymore. But what I do have on the tables are all these bins that I started to sort some electronics and like here's all my glues and adhesives and whatever, and here's all my servos for airplanes, and here's all my ESCs and props and this and that, and I'm just like, but then those bins start to just like. I don't know. If I put them away, there's always like, oh, here's a prop. So I got to look for the bin. and then, So I just leave the bins out and it's just a mess. So I think <laughs> what I'm going to do is basically, you know, those bins have been sitting there. And this is the whole like one rule, one year, two year rule kind of deal, right? Like they've been sitting there for more than two years. And is it like, do I even bother keeping a bin? Do I just toss the whole bin in the garbage? Jeez. Oh, I do not need this in my life and just move on, right? Like, uh, Mary Kondo, whatever whatever that is, it brings me no joy or anything, so I'm just going to toss the whole thing away, which will actually bring me joy because I'll have more room in the garage for the stuff that I do need room for. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just asked my question. That's what I'm going to end up doing. <laughs> And it sucks because yeah. I feel like all this stuff that I spent money on, you know, I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm throwing money away. Um, I look at it more of now like I've it was there for when I needed it. And now that I don't need it anymore, I've got my use out of it. Right. Like whether I used it or not, it was yeah. like the whole thing that we were saying earlier, like we were buying all this shit to like stock up because we didn't want to not have it. And that was that little bit of a security blanket that we spent whatever two dollars a server for or whatever, you know, whatever the case would maybe. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think I got my use out of it and I'm just gonna throw it away and make room for the stuff that I, I do wanna keep, you know, and leave try it. to sort those things. Hmm? Just leave it on the table at your local flying field. That's a thought. That's a thought. Like, why don't I just dump it in all a big box and just every fun fly I go to just put a free sign up and people can just take whatever they want, right? I mean, yeah. that would work too. I don't think that's a bad It'd idea. Probably be some dick come through and take all of it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but that'd you be know what? It'd be gone. Yeah, it'd be gone, right? And yeah, and what, it would have ended up in my garbage, right? And then the yeah. garbage man taking it and being left in a landfill forever or recycled, whatever they do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe that is a better idea, and and then yeah, also not so. to think about you know if if someone does come up and take the whole box, you're like, damn it, Bill. Uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> you're just like, okay, dude, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh sorry, Bill. Oh, Anyways, <laughs> but I need those. Now, Bill's great because he's he's been selling me all his old planes. <laughs> so, I need those for my crawler. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you had to go that far. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Bill knows oh, I love him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Does he though? Yeah. <laughs> it's a mutual relationship. He hates me. I hate him. It's a love hate. Then I guess <laughs> mutual. You love to hate him. Nah, <laughs> I dig the crawler stuff, man. I think it's pretty cool. I I, I watched videos on YouTube of the. You know, the crawlers, and I've thought about getting one, and then I look at the price and go, what, am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not getting you can one. buy a real one. You can <laughs> buy, buy a real one. I can, for, buy, I can buy a real Jeep for 500 bucks. 
True. That's what I'm doing with my Miata. <laughs> it's like, it's like I could have bought an RC car, like a crazy one, but I could just, you know, like all the, everyone, a lot of people be getting into those like those big um, 8S monster trucks and stuff, and it's like cool. I, I don't know. I just bought a Miata for pretty much the same price. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It'll cost me more in the long run, though. In fact, it has. Eh, no, nah, it's <laughs> about a helicopter. That's about what I spent. A little more than a helicopter now. Nice. That's not bad. No, it's not. I mean, the modern, <laughs> going back to like what was the episode last year me and Alan, Andy did, that was a mistake. But, um, <laughs> you know, how much we spent in the hobby, it's like. You're still traumatized from that, huh? I still haven't even come close to that amount. And, and I've been just like, buy now, buy now, buy now on, on like, you know, on all these sites and just like buy everything, buy now. I want it all here. Instead of like servos, I'm like, I want that exhaust pipe in stock and, you know, in my house, even though I'm not going to be anywhere near putting do, an exhaust back on a car for another month or two, <laughs> you know. Like, do you have an, a number in your head what it's going to cost you like to be up and going ready to race? Like, do you have a kind of a, so it's, not it's a budget, but it. sort of an idea? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so what I've spent right now will get me up and running and driving the car. So, and, and I'll say it, I spent about 4500 That's including the car, including the hard top, which was 1100 on loan. You know, you're so, stripping it plumbed, like you're going all the way through it, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, the interior is being fully stripped, yeah. race prep. This is including a roll cage, including a roll cage, including an engine rebuild, including a hard top, the Miata itself. And that like new pretty brakes. reasonable to me, forty five hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, and I, you know, I have a new exhaust system. I have coilovers. Like I've, you know, like I have new steering wheels. Like I have, I bought pretty much everything I need to get this one point eight liter motor built and running. But that's only phase one. Like, so like yeah. say five grand total phase one, right? With oil and getting all the miscellaneous supplies. Um, but then there's like thirteen thousand dollar bill that I'm gonna be working my way up to, which is gonna be the you know, either the V8 or the um, V6 swap that I'm going to be doing. So that okay. is when money starts to really skyrocket doing swaps. Yeah. But it's something that, like, I'll have a running car, most likely even turbocharged for now, and then, you know, worry about, like, start spending, right. you know, slowly building up the the funds for that, like buy the rear end, buy the, the mounting kit for the rear, and then and I, can, I, I can get that set aside, you know. I would imagine it's probably starts getting diminishing returns. Like the money goes up exponentially, but like to start with, you spent not much money and you go and got a full car driving around and then you spend a whole lot of money to get a bigger motor and then a whole lot of money to get a little bit better rear end, a little bit better. This is that kind of the way it works or. Well, that's the the whole reason I'm doing it stage like that is because if I wanted to, like, I don't need to rebuild this engine. I could just pull it right out and say, fuck it. You know, like, go with the V6 swap. And, you know, these Camaro yeah. motors are, like, 1,400, 1,200 shipped to my door for, like, one that has about 40,000, 50,000 miles on it. Yeah. And so that's nothing. The transmission is 900 bucks. That's nothing. Even the rear end's only, like, 200 bucks. Like, all those parts are, because they're all GM parts. So yeah. readily available from crash cars, especially Camaros. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of crash Camaros out there. Um, the the swap is cheap. What where to get you is the freaking conversion kit. Like the freaking subframe is two grand for the rear subframe for that's the new sweet. rear. It's you know it's three grand for the front subframe that's going to hold the new motor. And you know like 
Then there's the transmission subframe, like all these little subframes and yeah. installation mounting parts and stuff. That's where the installation kit is a $9,000 kit, not including the motor, ESU, wiring, all the other bullshit that you got to buy for the kit. You know, so that's where they get you, I think. And I wish I could fabricate and know how to fabricate the shit myself. But, yeah, you know, I'll have to just pay the people that have already done the R&D and, and yeah. get the get it working right the first time instead of iterations of it and shit. So, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, once it's all done and done, like, I, I might have spent, let's just say, 18000 for all of it, like, the Miata, everything. But, like, I'll have a dependable race car at that point because those V6s are rock solid. Or even if I drop an LS3, they're rock solid. You can't. You know, if I'm not turbocharging or doing anything crazy, it's going to be 100,000 miles, 150,000 miles with no problem and ripping it on a race course, you know? So I'm excited about that. But we'll see. Cool. We'll, we'll take it slow. Cool. Sorry we'll for the tangent, good. but I was tangent, interested in yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Do we have any more questions? Uh, do we want to stay on this topic or should we move it on? We can move on. I don't know. Get rid of old shit. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. I really do believe that two year mark kind of signifies things, you know? Yeah. And I was going to say, if you can find an outlet like flight tests for, or, you know, Andy's local place like that, or if you're going to a fun fly, stick it out there, see what happens. You know? I might just do it to the club. I might just bring all my stuff to the club or when I, the next club? one yeah. appeals open. Yeah. And just see who wants to, who wants what. I don't, you know, I don't even I guess care. I'm just going to take all mine to George. Yeah. On his table. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I stored it and I put it in bins and then I put it in cabinets. And then when we need it, it's there. Nice. Tons yeah. Oh, I just thought of something, George. I'll bring all my crap up there and give it to you. And then if I was to ever actually need it, I could just say, hey, it's George, there. you got that? I need to borrow that. <laughs> it depends. Now we tr- we triage when we get in a big batch. We uh, I'd say about fifty percent of it at least goes in the garbage. Test all the servos and everything. I mean that just works better for I, Andy. I'm that means it's all been all the new crap I got laying around that I'll never ever need. <laughs> oh yeah, see yeah. motors, servos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got I got stuff that's brand new. I've got drawers of it over here. Some yep. uh, somebody will say eighty millimeter. I say you need some eighty millimeter fans. <laughs> How many you need? You need six or a dozen? You know. Oh damn. Oh uh, wow. Well. We upgrade, you know, and have all that. You hate to throw it away. So oh, yeah. might need it. So I'm gonna start building some eighty millimeter flight test diggings this year. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can move it on. Yeah, sure. Yes. News. And announcements. All right. I saw a Facebook post from Luca from Link Oxy Heli, and he says he's returning to production. Oh, nice. A quote from Luca is, quote, hi, dears, just a quick update about COVID, Link's Oxy, and Ace CNC situation. We are normally open. We slowed down past two weeks, but now we're back to 100%. Thanks to the heli support, industrial friends, and customers 
uh, or thanks to customer support, we're busy again. And he says he can see light at the end of the tunnel. And this is just what I need to energize myself and go forward. And that is from Luca. And so that's, that's awesome news. I know we'd reported yeah. a few weeks ago that he was had to kind of shut the shop down for a little while uh-huh. and he wasn't sure when he would be back and up and running. It sounds like he is over the hump and he's back to a hundred percent production. Nice. That's yeah. Good. That's awesome. I mean, I don't need anything at the moment, but that's good just for him, you know? Yeah. Good, good to see somebody back in business. O- Oxy nitro will be on the way. Wait and see. Yeah. Wait for it. A lot of people have been waiting for it. <laughs> oh yeah. But, It'll be here. Yeah, can't just wait. Be patient. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, All right. What else do we have here? Next thing on the list is Extreme Flight Championships, XFC, says they are pleased to announce a new competition. Says they have joined forces with the Clover Creek Freestyle TOC to create a new elite invitational contest that combines the two events as well as the senior TOC competition from last year. Stay tuned for updates and important information regarding this one. And he says, thanks to all the XFC supporters and sponsors over the last 16 years that your sport would never happen. And that is from Frank Knoll, the XFC director. Frank Knoll. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, sounds like this is going to be airplane only. There's mm. no helis. So. Boo on that. Yeah, it's okay. No comment. <laughs> it's tough. I don't think they got a lot of participants last year in the heli side. There was a lot, like yeah. seven or eight guys did it, if that. So it's tough. I, I don't know. Do you, I don't know how we get heli competitions back in the United States. It's just, I don't know if it's lack of interest, lack of events, lack of what, but it just seems to have kind of died out. The only way that I can think of doing it in my mind is to make it, just make it a fun thing to start off with maybe. I don't know. It seems like the more we talk to people about events in general, they don't like the the heavy events. Like they just want to go out and have a good time and, and socialize and just chill, you know? They don't like the big, right. like scheduling of events and stuff like that down to the minute they just want to go like at least in my mind i get that from a lot of the profiles i mean so i guess that's why the competitions right people don't want to compete i assume or aren't interested or well i mean what do you win when you compete i don't know nothing i mean some of them maybe have something but i I don't know I mean, not not that like competition should be like only for prize, like you know how big the the prize. What's what's it called? The purse. Call the purse. Yeah, the prize purse, right? Like you know, a big prize purse. You know, like what do you think? Like why quad racing is fl- influx so quickly, so fast? Because yeah. they were having million dollar prize bags, right, or prize purses, right? Um, you know, and then you look at the heli and airplane side, and you're like, well. Yeah, sure. I'm 
I can say bragging rights, which is cool. You know, that's that's just, that's something I, I believe, right? But sure. I think more people would be interested if you had like you can win ten thousand dollars. Hell yeah, people are gonna practice and try to win that. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but also, how do you get that right? You make it less of a social event then, unless it's but, a but special it's a competition. Competition. You know, yeah. like XFC was like the U.S. like global 3D, right? Like it's that the was best like of the, the best. thing a few years ago. Well, right. Well, so, cor- like, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there has been a lot of drama surrounding the competitions in the last well, no. like, couple well, of years, yeah. right? I mean, in the last yeah. like, I'm I'm talking like five, ten years. That's probably the reason why well, I, a lot of the products don't yeah. participate. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, like, what are the competitions where there, right? There are Urcha, right? Those Urcha comps, and and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more of like the the one, the you know, the the night competition. Those There's things. The, one, the ones yep. that the pros. Do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those are all subjective, right? They're all, I mean, they're all subjective. Well, I was going to bring that up. In general, I think it's really difficult to do a, let's call it 3D heli competition, like freestyle yeah. kind of stuff, because mm-hmm. it's so subjective and it's so difficult yeah. to judge. Right. It's, impossible it's, to judge in my opinion here's the thing about that too that i'm thinking is you know nowadays are people a little just a little too sensitive and knowing going in hey this is what might happen you might have a better flight than this guy and this, the judges don't see it that way that's the way it is and and maybe people are just a little too sensitive these days and uh, i mean i don't know yeah like, like I years mean, ago people would just be. be like hey that's how the judges judged it that's what i have to live by Maybe Kevin, but then I also wonder, like, who wants to put? It takes a lot of practice and a lot of work to be competitive in these. So, who wants to put in a thousand hours of practice for no real benefit other than maybe yeah. bragging rights? Yeah, competitive people. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I see, I see both sides of it. I mean, I don't know the most. The thing that stood out to me the most about, and I don't even know, was it a competition? Too much vodka flowing through me when I saw it uh, was Ben Stork's flight with the lights. I mean, he didn't really have to even compete with that. That was just something people would talk about just because of how awesome it was, you know? Right. That one flight he had. Um, That kind of stuff is what I think people are like. Like, Ben was probably like, wait till you see this. This is going to be amazing, you know, and just got into it. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And and I'm not I'm not knocking competitions. I wish we had more. I'm just trying to look at it from a kind of a logical perspective or whatever. And oh, I, I can see that it's right. difficult to to put on the competition. It's difficult to compete. It requires a lot of work and effort, and mm-hmm. you might feel like all of it got shafted or something because maybe the judge didn't like the, your flying style, even though maybe you did more better stuff than the next guy. Or, I mean, there's just so many variables there. Yeah. I, it seems like a very difficult thing to, to do. No. And I, I, I definitely wish there were more competitions uh, or, you know, something going on in the United States that we could talk about, you know, but um, yeah, I totally agree with you. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, these guys practice. I know Chris Diamante telling us about some of his practicing and and stuff like that. I mean, I can only relate from the stories I've heard uh, from guys. But mm-hmm. just yeah, um, 
but I also think I'm trying to come up with a reasonable explanation in my mind why why it lacks, you know, why there's participation lacking. I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, there's a lot of good pilots out there, right? Like, it's yeah. not... I couldn't could that could compete if they wanted to, right? They could work on, on Oh dude, absolutely you know, set maneuvers and stuff. Yeah. Um everybody that walks up to the so flight I, line, aside from me and <laughs> Yeah, right? Like aside from no, us, I'm just serious. Like is, I would say like you go to a, Yeah, you go to like a decent sized fun fly, like say, you know, fifty, two hundred people, and I would say a good thirty percent can really, really throw down like could be on that level of com- competition yes they might not be you know the the top one percentile but it shouldn't be like that right like just like nats how there's different levels it should be different levels to right. these competitions too right right mm, that brings that kind of you bring up a good point and uh, you're talking about kind of making it more fun kevin you know monty does his mid-atlantic championship mm-hmm. yeah and he got all the rcho guys and the the hooligans to do f3c i mean f3n last year and they all had a blast they all just did it didn't take it overly seriously and just had a ball you know did the maneuvers figured out which ones they could do couldn't do this and that so maybe more of that kind of the smaller competitions could could be beneficial you know in groups i don't know why we don't have more of those spread out across the country yeah and how did monty achieve that just by making it a fun event or you know well i think here i think the 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 way he probably did it was here's the rules and here's the maneuvers and you know it wasn't something that somebody had to completely come up with from scratch so it wasn't no i think he just took shit did he just take the nats rules yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's um F3C and F3N rules. Or the, yeah, but isn't it part of the, like their the schedule or whatever? Yeah. Okay, yeah. The A, the, I guess it's the AMA um, classifications before you get mm-hmm. up into the actual F3C and F3N. The same as you went to Nats and competed that same rules and everything. I think you just went to the guys and threatened them with some sort of method i'm not sure what told him if they didn't come and do it he's gonna you know do something i'm sure he had some dirt on him (laughs) yeah showed him the pictures (laughs) he had i think that's how you do it maybe blackmail i don't know you need to get a big old crowd of people to watch these guys and then just produce this really well and have what they call like a uh a banjo standoff where just had <laughs> yeah, where one guy comes up and he stands up there, and he does his he throws down his best deal, and then this next guy comes up, they go head to head, you know, and they just keep going down the brackets like this, and and the crowd picks whichever one they like the best. Have you ever done anything like that? Well, I've seen. I think yeah, was- they've done stuff like that. Like the Kyles have done that at spring fling before and stuff like I that. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, That's about the only kind of competition stuff I like. We've seen uh, Bert, Bert and Matt Bodos do like a, a auto rotation uh, like kind of fun thing, you know, where I've heard the crowd going like that. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. dueling back and forth. Yeah, that stuff pops yeah. up occasionally. Yeah. yeah, that's fun stuff right there. 
because it, it just mm-hmm. builds, you know, people will just keep pushing it and pushing it to get the crowd more and more on their feet. And then finally you get to see some pretty spectacular crashes and stuff. Yeah. I don't know, man, for me and where I'm at, I'd love to see more competitions and, you know, stuff that people are proud of and titles and stuff like that. I'd love to see it done. It's going to, it would be hard to say the right way and that would be the right way in everybody's mind. But dude, man, I just had so much fun just going to, going to events and just seeing people and just hanging out and watching the flights. And I mean, I think we can, we can talk about competitions. That can be a, yeah, several episodes, you know? Yeah. Um, Hey, maybe we should get Monty on talk about it. We should. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, need to. Let's do that. Awesome. Good idea, Kevin. All right. Great idea, yeah, Kevin. Kevin. Patting awesome. myself on the back. You're the man. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Don't don't sprain your arm patting yourself on the back. No, I already. Right. I'm, I'm finished. Far reach. All right. What do we got? What, what do we got next here? Okay, you guys know HD helicopters. Uh huh. Don't tell me they're back, uh, right? Well, I don't think they ever went anywhere. Oh. <laughs> uh, but now they're kind of going to be away for a while. I saw this post from yeah. HD Helicopters in Germany. And he says, duh, 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 duh. at the moment, the exercise of our hobbies is very limited. Normalization is currently unforeseeable. This, this is why HD Helicopters must act. And he says they've searched for a solution and they are going to close their company in Germany. And I guess closing up the web shop or the posting the web shop offline on, uh, April 30th of this year. But they have a guy in Arizona that is bringing everything, uh, to the U S and, it's Alan Moulton. He will continue to support of kits and parts under his own responsibility. Uh, sounds like he was uh, very involved with the company already, doing the manuals and this and that. Okay. So uh, he's not expecting to be back up and running till January of 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. So a little bit of a, a break there in the, the supply chain, I suppose. I guess that's the time it takes to get everything and get back up and running. So something to look into if you have any HD models or are interested. I'm not super familiar with them because I've heard of them and stuff, but I don't really know that much about them. But I wanted to throw that out there in case anybody's flying HD and hasn't seen or heard this. Look into it and see see what's going on. Okay. Cool. Yep. Sounds like they're go- they'll be away, but they should be back. In yeah, the that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not sure what this is. The last Can thing I put Kevin? here. Yeah, I've been following. This is our buddy Carl Eidick, um, old uh-huh. friend of you know the flight test family from back in the day, and he's been working on this ninth scale. Uh, B-17G, and uh, just I haven't seen anything from him in a while, and he posted a YouTube video. I, I put a link to it in our show notes. Uh, it's the latest one. He's W-I-L-M Racer on YouTube, and he gets into some 
wire cutting uh, for the wings. It's a really quick video on YouTube. It'll take you like 10 minutes to watch it. And uh, pretty uh-huh. large wire cutting system he has. And uh, the wings came out really good. And he's just been building this enormous, you know, f- uh, four engine uh, B-17, which I can't wait to see fly, man. Should be a real, it should be a real pussycat in the air, man. Should be uh real easy. He's built his own retracks and everything. It's uh pretty awesome. He's a pretty cool dude. And, um, yeah, I was just put it in the show notes just to, just to check him out. You know, this is pretty, I'm skimming through this video. It's pretty neat the way he did this. He, he made the, the ribs and everything in a foam block and then cut right. it out and it, right. it's all together. Yeah. I, I and then don't he's think I've ever it. seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Really ingenious. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's on YouTube. Well, I guess we'll link it. Yeah. On our Facebook page. Is that it or shall we move it on? Uh, that's it. Okay. That's it. What's next for you in the hobby then? Uh, I wrote, I don't know. And I think everybody cut and pasted it. <laughs> no, I wrote mine out. <laughs> I wrote mine out as well, but I made sure that I uh, did it exactly yes, like you did. Me too. <laughs> no apostrophe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, don't. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. Clean the garage more because I need to have room. I have no room to work on the gasser. Oh, I got something else in too. I forgot to mention. And I guess what you've been up to. I got a little block off plate and a little adapter plate to run an OS carb on my YS engine. Oh, yeah, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah, I got me one of them. Cool. Now, my I YS is running good, so I don't know it. if I want to mess with it, but I might I might mess with it. You know, my, maybe, uh, yeah. Do I, do I take a motor that's running well and mess with it, or do I just say, I'll mess with it when uh, I have issues? Put that, or, like, yeah, put no. that in the drawer. Yeah. And then when you have an issue, you mess with it. But I heard that's yeah. like the secret sauce, like uh-huh. the shit. Yeah. Yeah. YS power, but get the. Uh, yeah. YS power, but the running ease of a, or tuning ease of an OS. Tuning ease and reliability of an OS. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've been hearing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll the see how that goes out. But, I, <laughs> but beyond that, I don't know. Oh, damn it. I made it. <laughs> Hey, while you're going over stuff that happened to you this week, I just remembered something that happened to me, man, that I should have talked about earlier. I got a phone call from Kevin Kynes, a buddy of ours, and uh, we talked for like 45 minutes. Got a call from Rob McClellan today, and uh, we chatted up a little bit. We might be eligible to go up uh, to their field um, up there and up by Ed Johnson uh, soon if we want to do some flying, Steve. Might be able to go up there. I don't know if uh, New down. York. I don't know if the New York State Troopers are going to let us into New York and back into Jersey though, without our papers. <laughs> and I also heard from Mark Ritchie. I was I was chatting with him before we recorded here on uh, Skype. Nice. It was good to hear from him. Good to talk to him. And and still, no one called me. Oh no! Damn it, Bill. Will you please call Andy? I, I told you this a couple weeks ago. Please call him. Anyone but Bill. Please call me. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Sorry, Bill. Yeah, but that's it. Awesome. So what are you going to be doing, George? I'm going to try to my little uh, 230S sky crane project in the next day or so, printing parts right now. And finished, uh, I'm still working, you know, from home, but 
still got this guy over here doing bulldozer work and uh, should be interesting next couple of weeks hopefully uh, get quite a bit done in between rains but um, yeah hopefully the wind will die down it's been crazy windy here today we've had high wind advisories all oh, day shit. and uh, I, I couldn't stand up out here George it's so damn I, I, I would I was wondering about that down there in oh those my God. plains. Super yeah. windy. Four, they said 45, 55 mile an hour winds. I believe it. Yeah. Huh. Like sitting on the hood of a car. <laughs> but uh, hopefully that's going to die down some, but it looks like we're getting some more rain coming in. Yeah. But, but now I'm telling you, we're opening up Tennessee at the end of the month. And we've yeah. already been sneaking around doing a little flying here we had uh five here flying the other day i forgot to mention that but um yeah end of the month i'm i'm opening them back up damn nice there's no end in sight with our governor he's a follower i think he's just going to do whatever new york governor does and it doesn't look like new york governor is going to do anything anytime soon yeah except piss people off (laughs) Yep. Can't stay locked down forever. I mean, no. our, you know, uh, it's not uh, it's not American. No, we're going to start to see some pretty aggravated people, I think, pretty soon. Once they're, you know, a couple of weeks of, uh, well, it's been a couple of weeks for a lot of people. It's been a couple of months now for but, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. You can tell the states that they know they can't get away with it for long. They go ahead and tell them. You know, our governor, he's already announced it. I think we're going to start doing some stuff this weekend. But um, I honestly don't see the problem with going back to work, working as normal, wearing your proper respirator, staying, you know, six feet away. Um, yeah. Wiping stuff down, uh, whatever you're working on, like in my line of work. If guys run wire and I have to connect it all up, they just uh, got to leave me alone. I'll wipe it down and I'll connect it up. I mean, that's really it. And if you're, dude, if you're on the job and you're freaking coughing and sneezing, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna get up in, up in this neck of the woods, you're definitely gonna get persuaded into getting back in your car and going home. Yeah. With a shovel upside your head. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the, that'll <laughs> yeah. be, the, that'll be the nicest way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just common sense now. Stay the frig home if you're, if you're feeling sick. I know that well, it should, they say people, should have been before. Yeah. Yeah. And try not to cough or, sneeze on anybody i don't know and that that's the hardest part like, even if it's like i've been coughing and sneezing a lot and it's not i don't i'm not sick i don't have fever or anything but like allergies have been freaking killing uh, me this year the worst yeah, yeah. yeah. spring allergies right? suck. so you know you're, you're sneezing because of allergies but people are like what the fuck does he have does he have the covid does he have the virus you know like it's like a you know and it's interesting i think if you're sick i think People are going to persuade you not to come into work and take a sick oh, day. You know, I think that's that's a definitely big change in in culture because you know it's like yeah, if you're not that sick, go to work. You know, it's like you shouldn't be missing work unless you're like on your deathbed, right? Um, now it's going to be different. I think so. It'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I go back to that same deal. You know, if I if I had Steve coming at me and I didn't know him and he was, he was <laughs> right. sneezing, yeah. I'd jump out of plate glass window and get away from him. 
you know, <laughs> jump, jump down an elevator shaft or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> jump down a well. That's the yeah. definition <laughs> of the cure being worse than the disease, right there. Yeah. Jump down a well. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Who needs to go next? Andy? Me. Um, I doubt very seriously. I'll get a whole lot more done. Maybe try to fly a little bit more if the wind will ever die down. Uh, I just, oh, you know, it's springtime. Got some corn to plant. So that's keeping me busy. Yeah. But it's stupid rain every three days down here is really screwing me up as far as that goes too so i don't know i really don't know even though i copied kevin's Uh uh, note here i really don't know what the hell i'm going to be doing this week or next week or whenever all right yep okay all right george george went Oh, we're all good then. George just went. Remember, he said he's going to jump down a well to get away from you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just a, when I sneeze. But I'm not sneezing uh, now. Yeah, so. that was just a, that was just a freebie there. <laughs> An add-on, I guess you could say. Yeah, a little bonus plug there. All right. So, what you got going on, George? George went. George went. Man, hey, I'm gonna ask again. <laughs> put down the pipe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna hit that pipe kind of hard today. <laughs> All right, so shall we move it on to the listener pipeline? Instead yeah, of since a, we're talking about pipes instead of the Steve pipe. <laughs> Don't George, I get to go? What are you gonna do next, <laughs> George? You went, didn't you? Yeah, oh. <laughs> you need to go again. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm rage quitting. <laughs> <laughs> we finally done it. Oh yes. Oh man. All right. <laughs> Listener pipeline. Do we got any voicemails? We do. We do. Oh man. We have uh Yeah, we have three. And the first one was from Friday, and here it is. Andy, easy with those negative eyes, dude. Hmm. Okay. Did you get that, negative Andy? Vibes. He said, be easy with those negative vibes. I wonder what Yeah. the hell I was. I mean, I'm always negative, though, so yeah, it could like, be a new right? number of things. Was that, you were raging about something, I thought. Was I? No. You never rage about anything. It was I probably about anything. Probably Donald Sutherland. Oh, jeez. All right, so we got another one. <laughs> uh <laughs> Let's see what this guy has to say. Hey, now. Freefall RC Podcast. This is uh, Old Man 3D calling in just to say hello to you guys. I want to thank you so much for keeping your podcast going during this uh, COVID-19 crisis that we're going through. Uh, It's really helped me weather this social distancing thing quite a bit easier. So, again, thank you for... All the efforts, it's greatly appreciated. I can't wait to see you guys at the field and get together with my heli friends and do our usual shenanigans and (laughs) just hang out and have some fun and fly helis. Uh, I'm waiting for the time we come 
through the other end of this thing and get back together. So keep up the good work, guys. I really miss you, and I hope you're all healthy and safe, and we'll see you on the other side of this mess. Take care. Bye-bye now. Awesome. Awesome. That was from... I love that dude. Yeah. That was our buddy Phil. Awesome. Phil Goodwin. He's he's the man. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's definitely, you know, one of the guys that I thought about as soon as they were talking about... I mean, I don't want to call him out for being old, but he does say he's old man 3D. But he's... He looks very good for his age. I mean, he's not a young guy. He'll be the first guy to say that. And, uh... Kind of, I was kind of worried about him when I first started hearing a lot of this stuff about this stupid thing. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm glad he's doing good, yeah. man. I am. All right. So we got one more right. from, from this morning. Another podcast you need to add. They're at least back for the time being. The FTV show with Gavin Blue and Hype. That's Travis, Rob, and Adam. So, something to add to your podcast, podcasters. Again, that's the FTV show, which is FTV.fm. For those that do that. Um, as you said, I listen to everything. So, hey, it's fun. Talk to you later. Figure out who this is. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know who that was. You don't know who that was? It was kind of a weird uh, connection. It was kind of hard to understand him. I feel like that was Wattenberg. Ah, you're probably right. I could be wrong, but I thought that sounded like him. You probably hit the nail on the head, dude. Yeah, that would have been my guess, too. So what was he saying? The recording was cut. The FPV show. Yeah, it's a podcast. We should mention it, too. Um, (laughs) Because it says... In the transcription, it says, back for the time being the FTV show with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> I always got scared there. He's he coming after about us? MTV. Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah, have to go- check that one out. Google has a hard time translating voicemails for some reason. Yeah. Transcribing, I guess. Yeah. Can't understand why I can't drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shit. And those cars will never work when someone like me or George gets in there. It's like, take me down yonder to the store, you son of a bitch. <laughs> just drives in the creek. <laughs> <laughs> I just go straight into the creek. <laughs> go down here for a piece. Yeah, go down a fur piece and take a ride. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> right. Uh, All right, so that's it uh, for the listener I- pipeline. That's it. Okay. All right. I guess let's wrap it up. All right. Let's wrap it up. We, let's see. Facebook likes. We are at 1,285. What didn't count. How many do we have here? Wait, I lost count. (laughs) 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 Okay. We got 19, I think. If I know how to count, I don't know how to count. But we have 19 new likes. Okay. Cue the music. Well, it's, uh, so these are for the last two weeks, just yeah. to mention also, right? Because we didn't do this last yes. week. So, yep. Okay, here we go. We have Nexus Bob, Tan Lee, Alexander Heister, Sebastian Gargano, Victor Shamulus, Abe's Latra, 
Latra? I don't know. David Moise, Christian AI, Roland Hoffman, Ruben Chavarin Horta, Eric Pico, Alan Ford, from the famous Ford family, uh, Dan- Danilo, oh man, Aldrich, Aldrich? I don't know, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> Patrick Leong and Justin La, we have Jimmy Wang, Michael Helly X Net, Menex Ricardo, and John Ellis. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. I'm sorry, dude. I don't know why I'm laughing at Jimmy Wang. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'm surprised you didn't drop a Wang joke there. But <laughs> I guess you did in your head. <laughs> yeah, in my head, I was going, it would only be funny if his first name was Richard. Richard Wang. But uh, it's not. I don't know. Jimmy Wang is even funnier. Sorry, Richard dude. Wang, I don't even Wang. know the guy. He's going to come up and hit me with a tailbone. <laughs> At a, know, at a fun fly. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's not an Oxy awesome. 5. I was going to say, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for liking our Facebook page. Okay. Facebook comments. What do we have? Facebook comments. Holy cow. We got a lot of activity uh, on Facebook, man. We got to go back. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks from... Our uh, episode with the fabulous Ray Bacon. We had a lot of comments on that that post. And David Hill was one of them. He said, great one, guys, especially the laughter. I think everything is a bit tense out there. And this was a good laugh. And I said, hey, Dave, I hope you and your family are okay. Dave said, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, Well, probably more healthy and more of the healthy and wise parts. (laughs) And he went into some detail about his family, which everybody's doing good. John D. Partridge said, great podcast. Hopefully I will get a chance to fly with Dr. Bacon again soon. Bill Anthony, William Anthony, excuse me, said, awesome episode as always. Ray is an awesome musician too. I like his practice tips. Plus, George is a great replacement for Kevin. And I wrote back, yes. (laughs) And in my head, I was thinking, screw you, Bill. Um, mm-hmm. and we added a link to the Roban A10 in that comments on the Facebook page. Uh, if you guys want to check that one out, that's the 120 millimeter EDF that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yusef Pergali said, uh, Hey guys, love the show, but could you put some links into this page and leave some new products that you mentioned so I can look at them when you're talking about many thanks to. Many thanks, and we, too, here in Germany are not allowed to fly as it extends our exposure to other people. But I fly alone. I won't listen to that. Keep it up. I loved every week's <laughs> podcast. Awesome. Nice. And, yeah, Steve commented back, hey, thanks for the feedback. And sure, I'll add it as a comment, but we'll try to be better with adding the links. Uh, keep safe. It sucks being on the quarantine mentally. We'll get through this together and come out of this stronger. And uh-huh. I didn't click on this other reply here. And Dave said I can post the links in the FT forum if you'd like. Uh, Gregory yeah. Sullivan also said you should put the listener phone number in the signatures. Hopefully more people would call in. And we said, oh. yes. Steve said, yep, we'll do. And Eric Shue, man, added one of the best photos I've seen in a long time, man. Uh, it's pretty, pretty humbling, dude. He's got... Uh, the free fall rc podcast playing on his giant screen tv and he's like it's friday ain't got shit to do thanks guys 
Yeah, that was awesome, man. Uh, Brent Gottlieber said, mm, bacon. <laughs> and Chris Bream said, couldn't wait till Saturday, could you? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's about posting the, the show. So last week uh, on our Facebook page under the post about last week's show, Groundhog Days, Bill Anthony, who was never far from his keyboard, said, thank you, George, for grossing me out. I make me laugh all the same time. That was where George was talking about how you can definitely resist touching your face by wiping it somewhere before you, or by wiping your hands before you get close to uh-huh. your face. Uh, Tom Messer said, we all have something to do for fun distracting during this madness. If you have the means, quick flight in your yard can do wonders. I totally agree. Um, or maybe other hobby activity for some release. Some of us went to a private field last weekend getting some flying done it was all we needed to do something normal uh in quotes yeah. and he posted a video of a couple guys flying uh wesley d Pennypacker said i'm like kevin uh, i like to see the numbers i find it puts things into perspective since the start of uh-huh. of this whole madness he's been using this one site uh it gives the numbers based on population and it's um stout labs uh, dash COVID dash compare dot net netfly dot app something like that. You can you can check it out. There's a link in our Facebook page, on our Facebook page. And what I find uh, really um, amazing in these numbers is when you look at the total deaths. Yeah, United States is is leading by far, uh, but when you look at total deaths per hundred thousand population. We're way below Italy and Spain. Yeah, we're not doing as bad. Yeah. It's it's amazing uh, when you look at us as a country. So that kind of makes me it goes goes into what I was saying about makes me feel better when I'm out in public. You know, thinking about the, those numbers. Um, yeah. Eric Shu said at the one point one eight mark, I stuck both fingers in my butthole. I won't be touching in. Anything until the end of the episode. Uh, Andy said, safety first. And Eric's, Eric Shoe said. Saving lives, baby. <laughs> Eric Shoe said, always uh, hope all is good as it can be over that way. What? Did I read that right? Hope all is as good as it can be over that way. Oh, okay. Talking about over your way. Uh-huh. Sam Larson said, Kevin, I feel the same way about going to some place to fly rogue uh, in Morris County. That's where I live. Uh, we can get fined for disorderly conduct, hmm. which is why I haven't gone down the street from me here. He says, luckily, I have six acres of a hayfield in South Jersey, and he's been spending time flying very lucky like George and Andy. And, uh, yeah, I said, uh, I live in Morris County. Thanks for the heads up. I uh, I understand the." social distancing but it's getting ridiculous gregory sullivan said listening to it now and i said thanks for listening so we'll have to add some links in from the stuff we're talking about on this show when it's posted yeah we also had uh, james posted uh, that um hobby squawk has got us yeah a uh, rotating banner on there now oh right right yeah yeah that's awesome yeah, I saw the Appreciate that, that, James. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, really. that. Thanks, George. Thanks, James. Thank you. Thanks. 
Yeah, James put it together there. I like what he did with their logo. Yeah. And it looked good, especially because it has to be wide like that. It like worked out perfect the way he did it. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad I'm you brought that up, Thanks. George. So that's it. That's all I saw on Facebook. All right. Then what do we have for website comments, huh? Um, yeah. I didn't see anything from websites except for uh, David Hill talking about what Yusuf said about posting links. And we did get, oh, we got an email from Tony who uh, I chatted with him at last year's Modown. I think I've met him a few times. I don't know if, I'm, if I saw him, uh, who gave us a bunch of good ideas for some shows. Some of the stuff we have talked about, we think, but we're definitely going to go over the list he sent us and just look at what we might be able to talk about in the future. So thanks for listening, Tony. Thanks for uh, emailing us yep. with that list. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the ideas. Yeah. Do you have anything else, or shall we move it on to People of Podbean? Uh, we can move it on to People of Podbean. We had a bunch of stuff going on on Podbean. RC Bound, Chosen Elect 12, BJ Long 80, a Daniel 1, Ella Della, or no, Ellie and Della, Frog Dog, Zachary Yum, Mayat 15, uh, and a Star Wars droid started following us. And geez, a whole bunch of people liked episode 220. Seven Degrees of Pitch with Ray Bake and Heli Fun, RC Bound, AAAA, Gray Eagle Jr., Tired Iron, Heli Fun, uh, and Heli Fun liked Virus Game On, which was 218. And the Star Wars droid uh, liked episode 128, Listener Series with Darren Weens. Or is it Wines? I'll never get that straight. Weens? Weens. Wines. Wines. Right. Okay. Means. And that was stop. <laughs> that was all I saw on Podbean. Abominable. 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 Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. So let's look at uh the Podbean comments. All right. Uh so let's say fourteen days ago. Or would it be Oh, yeah, 14 days ago, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gray Eagle Jr., 12 days ago, says, 12 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he really wrote that. Uh, 12 days ago, he wrote, 12 days ago, after, before, beginning, after, tomorrow. And then 12 days ago, he replied to his own comment saying, future dumb thumb again attempt, wheat harvest under? I don't know why I did a an inflection of a question. It's no question, but uh, yeah. Uh, then 12 days ago, to reply to that comment, he wrote, <laughs> eight days ago, I remembered that you are and will be agreed. Much appreciated. Next attempt will be yes. All I'm those so breaks and periods, and I have no idea what he's trying I'm to say. I'm so confused. I feel like this is Grey Eagle Inception or something. <laughs> I know, because he's replying to himself to himself. <laughs> Jeez. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's switch it up here. 11 days ago, RC Bound said, Fur piece? 
Sounds dirty. Roll on the floor laughing. <laughs> it does sound dirty. Yeah. Can be. Uh, <laughs> and then 11 days again, he says, maybe every episode George introduces us to the Southern slang word of the week. Ha-ha. Oh, right, right. That's actually a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I, I pretty near do now. <laughs> what? Purdue chicken now? What? <laughs> I said I. <laughs> I said I pretty near do now. Ah. You don't understand right. that? No Andy? idea. <laughs> Andy, I, I know what you're saying. Oh, I understand it 100. percent We'll tell him what I said. Pert near. I said pretty. He near. almost I, does now. I pert near do now. You're so, you know, mention, d- doing, mention a southern saying every week, and I said, I pretty near do now. That means I pretty much do now. Well, or yeah, I, he almost does that now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I almost always do that now. But yeah, pert near. Pert near, yeah. Nice. I thought you were coming yeah. back okay. from the grocery store with shampoo. I got the pert near. No. Per, I'm per, <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, uh, you ate yet? No, I'm still seven. <laughs> still seven? What? <laughs> That's the dumbest oh, okay. dad joke ever. That's the dumbest dad joke? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm still seven. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have one more comment from RC Bound, and that, this was 12 hours ago, so today. Mostly affecting me and my f- fiance as we have a wedding plan for June 20th here in Montana. Oh, dude, I feel good. Yeah, it's still set for now, and I have confidence things will chill out before then. We are planning on less people wanting to travel on wedding, though. Yeah. Um, haha, yeah. One of my coworkers' kids interrupts our work meetings once in a while. No, no, go <laughs> sit down. Go <laughs> sit down. Haha, maybe he should just mute himself. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> you should mute yourself I, when, uh, I, when that happens. <laughs> I imagine Montana's okay. Isn't there only like one person for every 10 square miles? Up yeah. There or something? Yeah, I think. I mean, the, that's the what Big of- Country Loving told me. I think the amount of yeah. cases are v- relatively low in Montana. But, dude, I, I totally feel for my niece is supposed to get married in, in, in July. And she doesn't know oh, if yeah. that's, that's going to happen up here. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, is it up here? Oh, yeah. it's even worse up here. I'd say yeah. if it's down in, like, south, it's things are starting to open up. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. All right. iTunes reviews. There's nothing new on iTunes. And mm. I checked this time. Nice. Definitely. You checked. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I guess we'll do our outro then, huh? So drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. We never did anything for the 1,000, huh? Not yet. Want a box of nine gram servos? Let us know. We'll shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's see uh check where, where i left, left off what i left off at oh yeah check out our webpage free show 
Touch show? Or dot com. Yeah. One of those two. Uh, say hi to Robert. Hey, Robert. Mr. Chris, he's been getting to so many planes. Yes. Uh, flight test forums, off the field audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free for RC podcast, sitting next to our friends, David Hill. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Fellow podcasters? Do we have any? I don't know. I guess so. Heliheads podcast. Heliheads. That's Kevin, Mike, and Scott. Oh, guess who's back? Who's back? Dan? Gucci. Daniel. Gucci? He's back. Yes, he's, he's all worried. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to. No. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you'll be fine. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. I wanted to apologize to those guys, though, because they uh, sent me a text. Uh, I told them I'd help them out if they needed anything, and they sent me a text, and I was gaming, and I, I missed the text by like five minutes, but they figured out whatever they needed to figure out very quickly, and uh, um, just wanted to Say that. Sorry, miss. Sorry, Mr. Text. You know, I'm a, wanted, like I'm, a, I'm a wanted that. man. No, I texted him back immediately that I, sorry, I missed it. Just saying. Listen, I'm not Batman, dude. I can, I can, I can <laughs> game. You don't have a signal. No. Shooting this guy. Yeah. You don't have the bat phone. I don't have the bat phone. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Telerotor podcast. Telerotor is Mike and Rich and Mike and Robert. BKRC. Bert and Kyle. The RC Roundtable. That's what fits Terry and Lee. We have the RC After Hours. That's what Andre. Ah, voltage. With Bobby Watts. My ears, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, we got a new one here, right? Well, yeah. There's, there's a couple episodes in, right? Houdini RC Heli Podcast. That's with um, David Copperfield, Mr. Houdini okay, himself. Awesome. <laughs> and what's it called again? The Irish uh, Goodbye or something? <laughs> and the Inverted Down Under folks. That's Ozzy Mozzie and Jeff. What's yeah. Jeff's last name? I don't remember. Smart. Jeff what? He's so smart. smart. Jeff Smart? Smart. Smart. Man, Jeff I wish I... like this, Smart. Smart. I wish I came up with a cool name when we started the podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got another new one. So this was recommended, right? The FPV show. Okay. You're with, like with Frank, ooh, Paul, and Victor. <laughs> Frank, Paul, and Victor. Frank, Paul, and Victor. FPV. First person in view. You're close. You're so close. It's Travis, Robin, Bryant. Oh, okay. You almost had it. <laughs> so it's the TRB show. FPV. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The FPV TRB show. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> They're going to hate us. Uh, and, and speaking of people that here. hate us, the Billy and YouTube <laughs> channel. Check them out. There you go. You might actually like them enough you... to watch Billy and too. I thought you meant Matt Reddick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> they were added back in. Yeah, and the AMA podcast. With Matt Ruddick. I forgot to mention this earlier during the listener pipeline, but if you want to leave us a voicemail to listen, you know, for us to, I guess, play on air, call us at 973-936-8936. Awesome. Um, also, if you need that number and you're 
you liked us on Facebook, if you look at our Facebook profile, there's a phone number that you can call, and that is the number. So it's right there listed on our Facebook page. makes it a little bit easier to remember because you can just go to the website or Facebook and just click on the phone number and I'll, you can call us instead of like trying to remember what did they say and then type into the phone that you're listening to the podcast on and yeah. So make it a little easier. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks for our listeners. Fear skies. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Is that a short episode? No. I'm gonna see if I can use. Can you hear that? Yeah, I was hearing birds for a sec. I need to turn the game down so I'm going I'm playing Rocksmith through our setup. I am gonna try to um I'm going to see what it sounds like if I use my piece, my iMac speakers. Okay. Instead of a headphone. All right. Damn you, Avair. Damn it. It's sitting down and it's running again. Well, I'm ready. Yeah, are you ready? Well, you failed me once before. That's why we don't use you anymore. <laughs> so shut down and get off my computer. <laughs> you, you failed me once, so I'm done with you. It's exactly how it is in my house. <laughs> and that's not three strikes. You're out. One strike. You're out. Let me start a document. It's a good thing the world doesn't work like that, or I'd freaking be, like, homeless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once strike, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Be wandering the streets, mumbling to yourself. Yep. So George's got that new microphone. We can hear everything he's doing over there. Mm-hmm. All the racket. Yeah, now I can definitely hear it. Can you tell the difference when I unmute? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear like a a humming now. What'd you do? I unmuted. No, but before it was... A minute ago, I heard... It was fine. ...beating and banging and sound like a TV or something. It wasn't me. I don't think... Yeah, now I got like a hum in the background. I'm on mute. Yeah, whenever you come off a of mute, it's like Steve with his machine running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
You heard me ask him what he's going to do when he has to be printing something and do the show. Oh, it'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. Well, mine's a printer. I mean, I knew it would fucking make a noise. I mean, you can't put a, a printer a foot from room. your microphone and not yeah. hear it. Yeah, mine's in a cabinet. It's completely quiet. But uh, yeah, yours is. I've got tinnitus, and hell, I can't. I, my head rings so bad, I can't tell if there's any humming or anything going on. Anyway. Let me turn my volume up here completely down. That sounds like something running. And then go up. How's that? Better. One, two, three. Yeah, one, two, better. three. <laughs> Is it going to be loud enough? Except for when you're knocking back. shit over. <laughs> yeah, just don't move. I'm scooting my chair I across actually the floor. Turn, I, no. I turned the microphone level in the computer down to like 68 on mine. Yeah, that's fine. One, yeah, two, fine. three. One, two, three. Except now I can hear myself. <laughs> Through the speakers. Well, me... All right. What about now? No. Wait, stop. You count three. We're what? You you talk a little bit. So I was walking through Central Park like three, four in the morning, not looking for trouble. I was stabbed <laughs> 17 times by an Asian mugger. I didn't press charges, though, because he got rid of my headache. <clears throat> All right, Kevin, stop talking. I put lotion on my hands a minute ago and I couldn't open my soda bottle. <laughs> I heard somebody was driving through um, a hell of a problem the other day. Oh, shit. And said there was there was a red uh, Miata in the driveway. Looked like somebody was stripping it down. Said it was some hot looking little uh, Asian girl with long hair. (laughs) (laughs) They thought, what? You know, they were tearing the car apart. They couldn't understand what it was, but they were bent over and had their hind end sticking out. Said, didn't know. So I don't know who Steve's got working on his car, but (laughs) said she had most beautiful. Shiny black hair, long black hair there was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>